Hi, welcome to the Parshas B'Shalach edition. And we read this week, Shiras Devoira. This was the story when Yavid Melech Kanan waged battle against Kal Yisrael in the time of the Shoftim. Shoftim, Perak Dalid, and Perak Hay. The Minig Ashkenaz is that we read the story as well as the Shira, and the Minig of the Svaradim is to read just the Shira. A couple of interesting uh, points about this Haftarah. There are so many things to talk about this Haftarah. The, the Haftarah is obviously related to the parasha because we read the Shira of Mishalach, the Shira Sayam, in this week, uh, this week's parasha, and therefore we read the Shira of Devoira. The other time of the year that we read the Shira Sayam is on Shvi Shal Pesach, because that's the time that the Nes happened. At that point, the Brisa tells us clearly in Megillah that we lane the Haftarah of Shiraz David, which is in uh, which is in Shmuel. Why is it, a, just a point to ponder, why is it that on Shvi Pesach we lane Shiraz David as the Haftarah, and on uh, Parshat Shalach we lane Shiraz Devoira? Chazal say in a couple places that there are Eser Shiraz, there are ten Shiraz throughout Tanakh, or throughout history, and there's a couple of different Chazals that are pretty much similar with, with a few small differences between them. There's a Mechilta in this week's parasha, Tanhuma again in this week's parasha. There's a Yalkut, Targum and Shirashirim. Those are four places in Chazal, as well as the Piyot for the last days of Pesach in Berchus uh, Kriyashma, which again lists all ten. So there are five sources. Each one of them is a slightly different from each other. All of them, the, the Tzara Shave, between all of them, they all have Shiras Hayam, Shiras Haba'er, which is uh, later on in the Torah, Parshas Chukas, the Shira of Yeshua, the Voira, which is our half Torah, the Shiras David, and the Shira La'asid Lava, which is Hashir Yerlechem Kalos Kadesh Chag, and we refer to that in the end of Magid by the Seder, that the La'asid Lava, we're going to have a Shir, and uh, there's wor- uh, interesting words of Toysavis, somewhat famous in the end of Psachim, that says that all the shiras are referred to Belosh and Nekeva and Lasid Lavoi uh, based on a pasuk of Nekeva to save of Gever that the Lashin it will turn into a shear of a Lashin Zohar indicating that there will be no more Tsaris. And Nekeva, when she gives birth, she can give birth another time and will have again that Tsar. Mashenkein in the Lashin of a Zohar is the, the Lashin of the end of, of Tsaris, and that's the shear Lasid Lavoi, and therefore. In the Bracha and the end of Magid, we switch between Shira and Shir. Now, what's interesting, just a side note on this um, on this Chazal of the ten Shiras. First of all, we find other things that are sometimes thought of as Shir. Obviously, the Chazal knew that the Mesorah that there are exactly ten Shirim or ten Shirim that reach this level. However, you define that exactly. What's interesting is that the Gemara in Megillah tells us that the ten sons of Haman in the Megillah are kol hashiris nechtavim in a certain way. The, the, the Gemara tells us how to write a shir besides for the shir of Malchai Kenan in Yeshua and and the uh, B'nai Haman in Megillah's Esther. And for some reason, in these sources of Chazal, none of them count the sons of Haman as one of the ten shirim in Tanakh. Anyways, getting back to Araf Torah, the, the psukim 
of the Torah according to Menega Ashkenaz begin Udvira Isha Nevia Eshes Lapidois. Devira was a woman who was a Nevia. The Gemara Megillah counts her as one of the seven Nevias. She was the wife of Lapidois. The Gemara Megillah Darshan's this referring to Devira that Devira would make wicks. Lapidois literally means torches or flames. And she would make wicks for the Mishkan. At that point, it was, I believe, the Mishkan Shiloi. And she would make the the torch the uh, flames for the for, to light up the Mishkan, not necessarily the Menorah, but the the uh, the Mishkan in general. The Marsha there explains that generally, when it, the Pesach tells us who someone's husband was, it's someone who we know of from another place. It's a famous person, and the Pesach is telling us, "Oh, you should know that this woman was the wife of this uh, person that we know from another place." Over here, we don't know who Lapidus is at all. Even at the end of the story, we we don't find him referred to anywhere else and therefore it must be indicative of Devoira herself and says the Marsha that from this act of her making the Lapida she was Zoycha to the Nevoa to, to be a Nevoa to be one of the seven Nevoas uh, for Kali Yisrael. Another point uh, interesting point here is in the Shira so this is in Perakei It says, Oiru Meiroiz Omer Malach Hashem. Cursed should be Meiroiz, says the Malach Hashem. They're, this is uh, Devoira and Barak are saying the Shira, and they're cursing Meiroiz. Rashi tells us there, Yesh Oimrim Koichvahava. Some say this is a star. Yesh Oimrim Gavarabahava, it was a great person. Who was close to the area where the war was being waged, but he didn't come to help out. Now, this is a Gemara in Maid Cotton, Tazayin and The Gemara brings both views. And reading the Gemara simply would seem to imply, hey, Kaich Bahava, who didn't come to, to help out, right? That's how the Pasuk continues. It says, May the inhabitants there be cursed. They didn't come to help out among the strong people. And Seemingly, the Gemara would indicate in that side uh, this uh, idea, which we refer to today as extraterrestrial beings. However, Rashi there on the Gemara explains that it means that, according to that view of Koychva, means that that was the Koychav, which was the mazel of Sisra. I'm going to read the Rashi name, Mazli de Sisra. This was the mazel of Sisra, and the Marsha says Rashi must have known this from somewhere. And uh, that it's referring to the Koychav that um, that was the Mazel. We know that, that the people are controlled by Mazel, and we find the uh, Sari Shal Esau, we find, and therefore, according to this view, one view in the Gemara, they were cursing Meiroiz, who should have backed up Klai Yisrael, but instead was helping Sisra. That's what seems to be the um, continuation of the Pasuk, according to that view. Another Gemara, the Gemara in... Yevamis, Kufkim Almoralev. There are two Gemars actually which go on the Pasuk towards the end of our Aftarah. The Pasuk in Perak Hay, Pasuk Chavzain, which tells us, It's talking about how Sisra ran away from the battle, ended up in the tent of Yoel, who ended up tricking him to fall asleep, and she killed him. In the story, it doesn't tell us the details. In the 
in the uh, in the Shira it does it tells us the remez that Sisra had relations had znus with Yoel, and the Gemara tells us they actually had seven times relations with Gemara Darshan from this pasuk. And the Gemara says, if so, how could the pasuk praise Yoel for doing such a thing? How come Mishanya Mevera? She had a no from this Avera, and the Gemara says. Any goodness of Rishoim is considered bad by Tzadikim. So no matter what they do, it's as if, uh, similar to the possible we find in uh, in Voracious, um, when Lovan runs after Yaakov, we find that, that Lovan was, was commanded, don't even speak good words to Yaakov, because uh, such a thing, I believe Rashi there says this Lashen, that Actually, the Gemara brings this. I'm sorry. Don't even speak uh, good things to Yaakov because that's considered bad, right? I think Rashi brings the Pazak of Natoris Nashika Soinik. When an enemy kisses you, it's considered uh, to be something un- unlikable. It's not something, it's not something that is considered good. And therefore, over here as well, um, Toysis there quotes a Gemara in Nazir. The Gemara uh, brings from Yo the concept of of Avera Lishma, how is Yoel able to do this? And this is a um, concept which is uh, larger than we could get to today, but the whole idea of an Avera Lishma, which um, doing an Avera for a good purpose, the Gemara there brings a proof from Yoel. Um, as an aside, just as a uh, parenthetically, there's a Keser Roish from Rechaim Elogner which discusses this concept. As we know, Chaim Lajner is very emphatic about the point that one cannot do an Avera for a cheshben, for a reason why it should be good. One cannot say that uh, I'm doing such great things and therefore I could uh, look away from some, some of the mitzvahs or do an Avera or something and it's well worth it. I can't say the ends justify the means. So Chaim Lajner said, how, what, how do you learn Avera Lishma? And he says two things there. One is a little more understandable to me than, than the other. One, he says that it was for Atzalas Klal Yisrael. To save the entire Klal Yisrael wasn't just something for an individual to make. It was saving the entire nation of Klal Yisrael. The second thing he says is, Reb Chaim says that before Mount Torah, this is what he said in Nefesh Chaim, is before Mount Torah, they were allowed to make Cheshbonis. They were allowed to make this type of, of uh, Cheshbonis. They were allowed to weigh the, the risks and benefits of doing an Avera or not doing a Mitzvah. And he says that Yoel, based on Kabbalah, was a Gilgal of the Mount Torah, and therefore she was allowed to do it. I don't understand that. Uh, first of all, we're far from understanding these things. But besides for that, how does that uh, concept work? That just because she was a Gilgal, she'd be allowed to do that? Okay. One last point here. In uh, the end of the Torah as well, we it says, the Shira tells us, Ba'ada haloi nishkafa v'atiyavid eim sisra. The mother of sister was looking out the window and she was crying, waiting for her hero son to come back. And it says, it says over there how her friends, the, the wise women, they were uh, uh, helping her out and uh, giving her a shoulder, telling her that, of course, he's going to come back a decorated warrior. Now, there's a Aruch, Taisvis in Rosh Hashanah, Lamed Gimel, Amid Beis, brings the Aruch. The Aruch was, uh, I don't know if he's considered a Rishon or the end of the Goinim, he was before Rashi. Rashi quotes the Aruch many times. Toysis over here quotes the Aruch as saying that the mother of Sisra cried a hundred times, and that's why we blow a hundred koilas, a hundred different uh, sounds with the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. She, uh, just read the words, 
that he says keneged meya payos to play ima de sisra that uh, again the keneged a hundred times that she cried. Now, first of all, it's important to note that this uh, this concept of blowing a hundred kolos from Rosh Hashanah, even though Tosfos quotes it from the Aruch, it was not practiced at least by the general uh, Kehilas and Klal Yisrael until fairly recently, until after the Shla, which was uh, in the 1600s, 1700s. Before then, the minig was to blow a lot less. As you can see, uh, take a look in the Shulchan Aruch, Hilchas Rosh Hashanah, both the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah quote three different menhagim. Each one of them has less than 100 kailas being blown. The Shla raised this concept again of 100 kailas. Where the Aruch gets it from, I'm not sure. Is it Was it a Chazal? Is it a Medrash? I'm not sure of the source that the Aruch uh, is quoting. He must, right, he obviously is quoting a passage. The, the Pesukim don't say this clearly. And there is a idea, I'm not sure if the Shloss says this or others say this, that she actually cried 101 times, but we want to uh, at least give her something. She was at least feeling that motherly concern for her child. So that Tosas does not quote from the Arach, and that is uh, from another source. Anyways, I wish everyone a good Shabbos. Kaltov.